0: From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Improv, short for improvisation, has been part of Western theater and performance since ancient Rome, circa 391 B.C by records. In modern practice, actors step onto stage with no planning and no script, working together to make up a story right on the spot, based on some form of prompt. Long associated with college theater classes and venues like Second City in Chicago, improv is really having a moment, with Whose Line Is It Anyway revived on TV, and improv classes for corporate staffs doing steady business. Well, Dad's Garage and improv theater, a stalwart in Atlanta, is making a push to bring the art form to students across the state. Kevin Galise is currently artistic director of Dad's Garage and joins me in the studio. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me this morning. Well, thanks for being here. So let's go a little deeper. For the uninitiated, what can someone expect when they go to see improv and performance?
1: Well, when you go to see a live improv show, you can see a lot of different things. It's, it's grown a lot. It's flowered and, uh, they don't all look the same, but at the core people are going to be making things up on the fly. And, uh, oftentimes basing it on suggestions from the audience, sometimes having interactivity with the audience in other ways. Uh, it's often comedic. It doesn't have to be. Um, but there's a definitely a distinct energy in that performance style. It feels a little more fresh, a little more real, a little more present.
0: I think it feels a little more high wire, right? People are sort of with you going like, what are they going to do next?
1: Yeah, and definitely thinking, oh, this could really fail at any moment. (laughs) Do do, you as an actor
0: think that too?
1: (laughs) No. Well, when I'm watching other people sometimes, (laughs) but when you're in it, you can't really be thinking about that. We train people not to think about fear and uh, failure, but instead to just explore and, and play and have fun.
0: I'm wondering how that works for high school kids, because their lives... My life when I was a high school kid was all about sort of putting the best fa- face forward. And now, you know, it's completely curated and you have all these social media channels saying like who you are. How do you get them to drop that guard?
1: It's tough, you know, for high school kids. I I remember myself also being really self-conscious and really aware of what other people thought of me when I was that age. And I and I think that improv has probably helped me become a healthier human being and so I try to distill the lessons that I've learned over you know the last few decades uh, and I try to give it in bite-sized form for the for the teens so it's stuff like um, you know stay present stay in the moment Um, it's failure resiliency is another part of it too if things do fail and they will that's fine who cares we're just having fun this doesn't matter all that matters is the moment of exploration or the moment of connection with your teammate, things of that nature, right? You focus on the positive and you kind of find a way to let go of the negative. So we try to teach these lessons in, you know, the form of improv exercises.
0: There's a whole theory of education now that's very popular about allowing kids to fail. Are you helping them build their failure muscles?
1: <laughs> that's definitely what we're doing. So um, there's games where you're doing a warm-up and there are rules. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. And then if you do the rules right, then the game can proceed. And if you don't, the game resets. Um, and in these games, we actually applaud when someone makes a mistake. So even though the game resets and we're starting over, when someone makes a mistake, we all cheer and applaud for that person. So this is one of the ways that we kind of subvert the traditional what's right and what's wrong kind of thinking. So what kind of skills do kids learn? Um You know, I think there's like some more traditional skills like leadership, uh, public speaking, things like that, you know, that are a little more tangible. But then there's a lot of the soft skills, you know, like uh, failure, resiliency, creativity, uh, working in a group, Mm -hmm. um, positivity, uh, just self-confidence.
0: Well, this is a big part of what you've done. Dad's Garage was formed back in
1: 1995?
0: That's right. Okay, so been around for a while, centered around improvisation, although you do create scripted videos and scripted shows. But a large part of the focus is on teaching improv, not just to kids, but to members of the public. Why is that important part of the mission, sort of spreading out the nature of improv?
1: Yeah, Um We just believe in the power of improv to transform people, and that's part of our mission. And so by reaching young people, um, we're able to introduce them at an early age and get in at a time that we feel like we can really make an impact. Selfishly, we hope that we're cultivating a next generation of uh, people from Atlanta that have a stronger connection to the arts and culture scene because we think that's an important thing to build up. but. Also, frankly, we're just happy if we can see these people going out and being successful in their lives because of what they've learned through improv. That makes us feel good. That makes us feel like we're having an impact on our community.
0: So now with this program, it's the new Dad's Garage High School Outreach Program aiming to equip teachers across the state with tools to teach improv. What does that look like for teachers? You know, these figures that are often authoritarian, often playing the traffic cop, often just trying to create order. Now they're disordered.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, and also, I mean... They are under fire at all times, right? They've got way too much work and not enough resources, and they're just trying to make a difference. I mean, the kind of people they get into teaching, they're doing it because they care about kids and they care about you know, mentoring the next generation. So we've got all these resources that we've created for free to distribute out to these teachers that are basically handmade modules and units that are aligned with the actual kind of curriculum as the state-mandated curriculum. And so we've got these pre-made units that they can take their videos uh, to show the kids and their little lesson plans that they can follow to teach basic improv skills.
0: Kevin Galise is with us. He's artistic director of Dad's Garage. They have a new program that they're doing across the state. It's called Dad's Garage High School Outreach Program, and they're teaching teachers and students about the art of improv You learned about it as a kid. As yourself, you you mentioned that you were when you were younger, but you were growing up in Alberta, Canada, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Growing up in Edmonton, I was in high school. I think I was one of those kids that was a little bit bored in school, and so I was finding other things to occupy my imagination. And unfortunately, that was hanging out with the bad kids and skipping school and doing all that kind of thing until um, the drama teacher told me, he said, "Eh, there's this... um, improv thing uh, coming up and I want you to do it. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I got totally hooked and it really changed my whole perspective on the school experience. I got a lot more into it. I got a lot more into the community and the drama, you know, community in, in my school. And Improv is a huge part of my life. Now, not every kid that experiences it is going to have...
0: You're like the improv poster boy. A little
1: bit, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not every kid is going to go on to become an artistic director of an improv theater, but I do believe that every kid that experiences it can have that kind of a positive experience. And it's a pleasure to get to share that with more and more kids across uh, Georgia.
0: Yeah, in my, in my experience, in my high school, the theater kids and those kind of grungier, we called them the the buzzers. Did not hang out with each other. No. But
1: now improv is getting super cool. I mean... Yeah. It's like Dungeons & Dragons is cool. Improv's cool. It's like, what kind of (laughs) upside-down world is this?
0: (laughs) But it spawned some really big stars. Tina Fey, Steve Carell, Will Ferrell, Stephen Colbert. Here is Colbert describing improv during a commencement speech. This is at Northwestern University in 2011.
1: Now there are very few rules to improv, but one of the things I was taught early on is that you are not the most important person in the scene. Everybody else is. And if everybody else is more important than you are, you will naturally pay attention to them and serve them. But the good news is you're in the scene too. So hopefully to them, you're the most important person and they will serve you. No one is leading. You're all following the follower. Serving the servant. You cannot win improv.
0: What do you think? Did he get it right?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, he's so smart and he nailed it and he puts it in a really beautiful, poetic way. I mean, it almost sounds religious when you talk about serving the servant, you know.
0: That is kind of interesting. And I had a, just an illuminating conversation for me with Scott Adsit, where he talked about like it is all about reading the other person. And that's a total paradigm shift for the way that we, most of us function in the world. Sure. Right? You know, that it's all about like, how do I look at this moment? How am I presenting myself?
1: Well, in a traditional school environment, kids are given a test and they either get it right or wrong. And if you get it wrong, you're bad. And if you get it right, you're good. And... There's some things that you kind of have to do like that. You know, like I want doctors that are trained that kind of rigorously for if they're going to be treating my health. But when it comes to writers or people that are engaged in things where it's a little more fluid, you just need a critical thinking that is not so binary. And that's the type of world we try to introduce to students through improv.
0: All right, so some big news for Dad's Garage recently. They announced Mm -hmm. that you would be stepping down as artistic director. That's true. You've been there for how long?
1: It'll be 10 years. I I I timed it out so that I would be stepping down after exactly 10 years.
0: That's very crisp for an improv guy.
1: You know, it just felt like a clean break. I thought, you know what? This is a good opportunity. Um, there were so many things along the way that happened at Dad's Garage that made me go, oh, I guess I should stay a few more years.
0: So how did it feel to leave this thing that there was so much of your life tied up in it for so long?
1: You know, it's you have mixed feelings, you know. Uh, I remember at the ensemble meeting, I said, uh, I'll be stepping down at, you know, January 1st. And they, uh, there was silence in the room. And then... Z be a long-time ensemble member, and a dear friend of mine broke the silence and said, is there any way it could be sooner? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, I think we do use humor to try to uh, (laughs) communicate when we're in emotional situations at Dad's. But then another person said, you know, Kev, I don't think we would have gotten through uh, some of the tough times without you. And I said, okay, meeting's over because I'm about to cry. So, you know, it's that mixture of, Of joy and humor, but also like a little bit of sadness and a little bit of like longing to I wish I wish these this decade could have lasted forever, but it only lasted a decade.
0: (laughs) All all the best to you and whatever you do, we will be watching.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much. That is Dad's Garage current artistic director, Kevin Galise. And Dad's Garage High School outreach program is ongoing. If you want more information, we have it on our website, gbbnews.org, or you can email ed at dadsgarage.com. Okay, so now we've got some proof, some uh, experience of improv. Joining us in the studio is Kirsten King. She's Youth Programs Director at Dad's Garage. Hello. 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 Hi. Also with us, Tyler Bile. He's TA for the year-round program. Hi, Tyler. How's it going? And we have a genuine student. J.D. Roush, is with us. He's a member of the year-round student program. Hello. Hi. Thanks for being here.
2: Yeah. When did you start nice.
0: doing uh, improv at Dad's Garage?
3: Probably like 2016, I'd say.
0: So why did you want to do improv?
3: Uh, like, the, the previous year, I had done a class for a summer camp, and I found that it was a lot of fun. So we decided to find, and we found Dad's Garage,
0: and I've just been going there ever since. So a lot of fun. Like, to me, it would be mortifying. I would be really scared to do improv. <laughs> why Why? Why did it work for you? Uh, just
3: because, like, I, I, I do have a bit of anxiety, but this, like, helps it a lot, because I just, like, get on the stage, I just come up with a character, and I just stick to it.
0: You work through it. Yeah. Well, Kirsten, what is it that makes You've worked with kids for quite a while now.
4: I have, yes. I've been in the game for a long time. (laughs) What makes a great improv student? Uh, Well, I love seeing the kids go through their struggles. Like some teachers don't want kids to have struggles, but For me, as an educator, that's never been realistic. And so with something like improv, you can see them struggle with a game or a concept early on, or maybe even a life skill that they're learning through the improv game. And then once they've played it a couple times, had a few different partners, been able to take a note and apply that note through a program like this that does have structure and discipline, you see them come out on the other side of what I call a struggle bubble. More, they're they're braver and they feel like I've conquered that. So now, what else can I conquer? Let's 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 hear some improv. Yeah. Okay. So um, we love that improv is fun, but I mentioned it's also got some discipline in there, and so we're gonna do a semi difficult game that is a lot of fun. We're going to do a game called ABC, okay? So I'll get a suggestion from you here in a moment to set the gentleman up. But the very first person to speak in the scene must start the very first word they say with the letter A. They can then complete their sentence thought or sentences and so forth. But whenever that person stops speaking, the next person in the scene still carrying on a well-told story and doing all their scene work Must start the first word they say with the letter B. Again, they can complete their thought or sentence sentences and so on and so forth throughout the alphabet. So once they get to the middle, it'll be a brain, brain mouth. Okay. I'm going to use you to help set the scene. Okay. Where, location-wise, should this scene that's about to happen take place? Uh, uh, At the Olympics. Wonderful. Okay, so your location for this scene, for this ABC game scene, will be at the Olympics. Okay? We're at the Olympics. We are playing ABC in Virginia. If you'll help me count it down from... Five, Five, four, four, three, two,
3: one... And Alexander takes the win. He's
2: won gold in the
3: Olympics triathlon.
2: Back to you, Bob, from the studio. I believe that we've had an incredible event so far today. Uh, many, many great athletes out there just uh, giving their hearts for everything they got.
3: Can't, can't wait for all of this to uh, just... Keep going, because the Olympics is amazing. It's just the best thing in all ever existence.
2: Uh, did you know that the uh, competitors, when they hang out in the Olympic Village, all they do is bowl. They have uh, many options to choose from, but uh, bowling seems to be the main source of entertainment down there.
3: Exactly. Bowling is just the, a great sport. Like it, it helps your legs, it helps your arms, and it helps your brain to get the coordination to bowl well.
2: Uh, Firstly, uh, relaxing is their primary concern when they're not competing, and so I find it uh, uh, interesting that they choose such a highly intellectual sport as bowling to to unwind with.
3: Good thought you got there. Uh, My personal opinion is that they bowl so they can actually not be relaxed, because if they're not relaxed and all their muscles are worn out, that means they can perform better because they'll be more pressured because of all the adrenaline.
2: Hmm... Interesting point you bring up there. Uh, I don't really know uh, uh, much about adrenaline. Uh, sitting behind this desk uh, is quite the rush for me, and I wouldn't uh, want to be out there competing with all those crazy athletes.
3: I personally am completely opposed to that opinion.
2: <laughs> now, just, just why is that for you? Because uh, back in your early days, you were an Olympic-level skater, and uh, I, I think that uh, you'd want to bring that skill further on and be able to uh, pr- further your line of education. Carlos... how did you know my name started with a
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was Kirsten King youth programs director at Dad's Garage also Tanner Bile he's a TA for the year round program that teaches improv to the community to people like JD Roush he's a member of the year round student program you can find more on Dad's Garage high school outreach program at gpbnews.org On Second Thought is produced by Amelia Brock, LaRaven Taylor, Priya Mahadevan, and Jake Troyer. Jesse Niswonger is our engineer. Our interns are Allison Kraussman, Jessica Lowell, and Alexis Thomason. Don Smith is our dean of grammar. Amy Kylie is senior producer. Our theme song is by Alex Crispin and Marshall Ruffin. I'm Virginia Prescott. Back tomorrow at 9 or anytime with the On Second Thought podcast, all from GBB.